How you feeling, buddy? I know you've been not feeling great for a couple of days. That's why the podcast is a little late. Uh, welcome to episode three of the Cue the Duck Boats podcast, Kevin. I know, man. I'm definitely feeling a little better under the weather. Couldn't make it to work for a day or two, but definitely glad to be out here back on the mic with you, Jake, giving our audience what they want to hear. Yeah, he didn't have the COVID, so don't worry. He didn't have the COVID, just a cold. It's actually confirmed. You can you can still get a cold and get sick, even though the COVID's a thing. You don't always have to have COVID. I think that's like this weird thing. I mean, obviously, we don't want to touch on COVID too much and stuff, right? But like, it's this weird new thing in society where like, if you get a cold, you have allergies. It's like, he's got COVID. It's like, you, you can get sick still. Like the regular sicknesses are still around. It's not just the COVID. Yeah, it's a 2019 sickness, you know, before the COVID really hit us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cove one nine, you get it. But you know, I think like you win some, you lose some, right, Kev? That's how it goes. You win some, you lose some, just like our bets. You know, our oh, first yeah, was... bets we gave you guys were winners last week. Maybe not so much. Where wasn't the best week for us really on the picks we gave out, the picks we made ourselves, really anything. I think our sports teams. I guess the the Pats won for you, but Cowboys came out terrible. We both had them. They, I can't even explain how bad they were last week, but. It was just tough. So, but you know, I guess we're recording on Sunday now and the Cowboys had an absolute blowout win. So that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, dude, it's okay. They're playing the Falcons. Don't yeah. not get your ego up too much. Right now. I won't. I'll try to keep it down, but we'll, uh, we'll jump right into our usual, you know, probably biggest topic on our show. We'll talk, let's talk about the NHL. Let's talk about the Bruins. The Bruins have had some tough starts to games lately, very uncharacteristic and, you know, I've not been happy about them. You look at like their game against Ottawa, bad start. Taylor Hall puts that puck right in front of the net. Norris puts it in. And it was just a bad start against Ottawa. I know we're going back a couple of days now. We, a lot of, we planned on recording this last Thursday. Kev wasn't feeling good. So pushed us back a bit, but yeah. You know, how did you feel about the Bruins starts the last couple of games or at least that game just to get the game against Ottawa? Let's, let's focus. Yeah, on the Ottawa definitely. Not the best start to see, like we said, they gave that girl what was it, like a minute into the game. Yeah, it was, it was bad, Definitely very just, uncharacteristic. I was freaking out, and I was like, damn it, damn it. Yeah, but definitely. But then, um, Marshy came up clutch. It's good to see the power play get going. I feel like one thing we really lacked this year was both our power play and our power play kills. So, definitely see good to see that going. Oh, definitely. No, I agree. It was good, you know, just to get the win after the game before, like we got boat raced by the Leafs. So that sucked. We looked inferior to the Leafs. So that really sucked to me. Like that drove me kind of crazy. It was good to come out and beat Ottawa and, um, you know, just prove that we like, we can go out and win a game. But the biggest thing like I look at, right. And like, that brings us to the next game against the Oilers where I actually think the Bruins played a pretty solid game. And then we, we beat ourselves and like, it just sucks. Like it sucks when you work hard and your offense plays. Okay and you're playing against McDavid, you hold McDavid to one point and you beat yourselves. And I look at the team and it, it leads me to the question of, do you think that this decor can win? Like, do you think we can win with this decor? Yeah, that's, I don't know. It's kind of hard. because like, you have the promising young guys, but I think you just really need to go and get like a veteran to hold it down. Yeah, I think that can be a big look at the trade deadline of, can we get, like a de- defenseman that can hold it down. It's not afraid. There's kind of like give these guys some leadership. Like McAvoy 
he's a leader, but it's like it's a lot to put on a 23 year old shoulders. Yeah, he could use a guy on the side of him. Core. He really could. I mean, like, so we all exactly. love Grizzly on the side of him, mm-hmm. but Grizzly's not a number two defenseman. He, in my opinion, Grizzly is a top four defenseman. And right, McAvoy and Grizzly's analytic numbers are through the tr- through the roof. And I think that's a great pair. But then who plays with Carlo? Like, I was really hoping that guy was going to be Forbert or Mike Riley, but they're just not. I don't know. Like, Forbert had some good moments, and so was Riley. But game in and game out, they're just not doing it for me. And if we want to take that next step and we want to be that, you know, that Bruins team where you're confident how the decor is going to play, it, I just don't see that out of them. And I, I think that you have to look at it, and we really regret letting Tory crew go. And it bothers me. Like it still bothers me to this day, like Char going, I felt bad about, but it was the right time I think for him, but Krug, it just doesn't make sense. Like we would have that solidified top four with crew with, it would be Grizzly, McAvoy, Krug, Carlo. It'd be such a better top four. And it's like, how do you look at the decision and be like, great move, Sweeney. It just wasn't like he was going to take a discount. He loved Boston. He, he would be wearing the other a, there wouldn't be a rotating assistant captain. It would be Krug. And like, I just, I look at that. And I don't, I can't conceptualize why they made that decision. I really can't. I don't know. I, I agree. I think that at the trade deadline, I think we're going to be looking maybe to hopefully Anaheim will start to tail it back a bit. They've had an okay start kind of back and forth. Cause I think a guy like Hampus Limholm would be a good player to jump on the back end and be helpful. A guy like him. I just, it's, it's hard to think because defensemen are a premium, right? So you're going to pay a lot to get a defenseman in the Bruins don't have the best prospect pool. They're ranked low on every list lower than I agree with. I even think we have some kids who are coming up who are talented, but I mean, we're going to have to wait a little bit for like the Mason low rise to get to get to Boston. It's still, we're still a few years out on that. And as time goes on, our old core gets older, right? So like if we just keep yeah. waiting and we're like relying on our young defensemen to get better, we're tried that with Vakanina and Zavoral. We fucking spent first round picks on them. It just hasn't happened. So at a certain point you have to be like, okay, well this isn't working. Right. So I don't know. I, I really don't know where they go on defense, but I, I know that we can't roll with what we got if we want to, you know, win a Stanley cup. And you didn't go out and re-sign Taylor Hall and pay McAvoy that money to not not want to win a cup. So it's just that's tough. That's tough, you know. Um, but I think that they can do it. And that leads me to really my next question for you. It's like goaltending. How do you feel about the goaltending? Number one, how do you feel about Olmark? Number two, how do you feel about Swayman? Number three, how do you feel knowing Tuka Rask has been back on the ice? So that thing with Olmark, like, well, like, I didn't really know much about him. Like, he definitely filled me like in nice. when they made the offseason signing. And, like, giving him that kind of money, it was like, hey, we're signing this guy to be our next big goaltender. He's going to be the in, in there night in, night out. But definitely, I don't think we're getting the return. There's some nights he looks great. And then there's some nights it's just – I just don't see it. And then and that's also with Swayman. Like, Swayman's a lot younger, though, like. I mean, what's his second year in the league? So you can't put as much pressure on him. Like, I know he, he was hyped up, and especially when he made his debut and everything, and he looked good. So I still like with Swayman, like, I love Sway, but it's just, it just me a lot of growing really, pain. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, so at that point, like, Omar, Omar's been solid. He hasn't been bad. He's just not where he used to, but he's been solid. And I think there's potential there for him to be a number one goalie. I do. Swayman yeah. will be a number one goalie one day, right? There's not like exactly. their potential. It's, he will be, but he's young. He's young in goaltending. Yeah, it's like goalies don't pains. just jump into the NHL. They don't normally. It's not how that works. Look at Carter Hart. He jumped in, was great, and then had a terrible regression last year. His sophomore season sucked. And it's just because being a goalie at the NHL level is not easy. So 
Yeah, I agree completely. I think Sway is the future, but he looked like in that in that Devils game. He looked really yeah, good. He played great, and you know, I I just I think you got to look at him and be like, is he ready to be the number one now? Probably not. And then it leads me to now Tukes. So if Tuka comes back and Tuka's healthy, right? I've learned myself. I was someone who always said Tuka was elite. Tuka was elite, right? But I would throw him under the bus and bitch about him, and I was wrong. Like I hand up, I was wrong. Tuka Rask was elite, and we. I had this conversation with my dad. We might have been a little too hard on Tukes, and the grass is not always greener. And it's so hard for us as Bruins fans to realize that and accept it because we're such whiny little just assholes. And it's like. All what of Boston, we, dude. Yeah, all we are. Boston we always James. are. Like, we're all just like whiny assholes. And it's like, if you really think about it, like, we're so stupid because it just we, Tuca has been so good for so long. He's the most winningest goalie in Bruins history. If we can get him back and afford him and he's still Tuca Rask, yes, I want him. But that leads you with a question who's the number two? It has to be Olmark, right? Because he's on a one way deal. So Swayman's yeah. going to go down to Providence, and that's not right to him because Bruce said that he thought Swayman was a step ahead of Olmark right now. So is it Olmark, and then you have five million, and I mean that it's Swayman stays up, and you have five million Olmark going down to Providence. Maybe he gets claimed off waivers, and I guess you're just like, okay, there he goes, right? But it's just, but do they want that to happen? I don't think so because a year from now you're going to need Swayman and Olmark, and I think a year from now Swayman might be ready to be that number one, and Olmark is a great. One one B, you know what I mean? And then you're back to having one A, one B. And you know, maybe Tuka plays two more years, and that's when you have it, and it's great. But I just don't see it all working. So that's why the Olmark decision was weird to me right from the start with the projection of Tuka coming back. I didn't like I just didn't quite get it. So I still don't, I still don't really get it. Like, can you explain it to me? Because I don't get it. I don't know where we're gonna go with that. Goaltending is gonna be a question till we get an answer. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just tough. Like, like you're saying, the, it's the money point. It's how do you it's just take dollars. that money and eat that and just be like, sorry, now we're going to pay you. So like what the Red Sox have done with some players. And it's just, it's just it's like, crazy. Yeah, like, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we can't, I don't know. But I guess it works because Swayman makes such little money that it's like you don't have that much money blocked off to that position. And Tuca said it himself, like he's not in it for the money. I think Tuca will come play for any amount of money just to come play for the Bruins. Yeah, I think, but, I think, yeah he just wants to prove himself interesting and he wants point. to win a cup in Boston. Tonight at 7 p.m. We're recording on Sunday. It is Swayman in net. Swayman's getting the call for back-to-back days back in net against the Habs, a game you know the Bruins want to win Sunday night at 7 against the Habs. That tells you what you need to know how Bruce feels. He's putting him back in, and this is Swayman's chance. Swayman comes out and has a big game tonight. He is going to take the lead heavy in that competition. And I do trust Bruce to go with his guys. So, like, if Swayman wins out the job, it's going to be his guy. So, it's super interesting. It really is. Um, but that's kind of it for our Bruins talk. I mean, I think the Bruins win tonight. I do. Um, but the, the Habs aren't going to go away easy. So, it'll be a tough game. Next, I, yeah, I think we'll take – what? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One last thing about that, though, like talking about Brad and these guys. How do you feel about Brad sitting Taylor Hall, though, for that nine minutes Bruce of the third? sitting him? Bruce? Yeah. In, that, <laughs> uh, in the Ottawa game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I didn't really like it that much. So my point of view on it, it was actually, you know, I I talked about this the other day. He gives Pasta a huge leash, right? because of what pasta has done for this team and the respect pasta has around the league. He gives him a huge leash where he can have a hundred turnovers and he'll get double shifted. And if he gets moved down to the second line, he's still like getting extra shifts with a third and things like that. Taylor Hall is the MVP of this league. 
he was a first overall pick. You just signed him to be another leader in your core. You gave him the A the day before the game before. I it, it's tough for me. I don't. I didn't like it. Like I didn't like him sit, sitting him. I didn't. And I think that's just the. I mean, maybe it's just the old boys club in me, right? Like saying that he's earned the right not to get sat in that situation, which I could be wrong. And you can tell me if you think I'm wrong. I really could be wrong. But like, I look at it just like, I look at it just like, it's like tough to like, look and be like, how, how are we treating Taylor Hall this way when he's came here, committed to being here and done everything they've asked for him to this point. And if he has a couple down games, it's like, come on, like we have to, we have to respect who he is. It's too early in the season to just be sitting Taylor Hall. So I, I didn't agree with it. And I think that today, I think Halsey comes out today and he has a fantastic game. Number one is Taylor Hall's birthday. He had an okay game yesterday. It wasn't great again, but, and he's a confidence-based player, right? So Bruce talks about like kind of changing the way he thinks, like not being so hard on himself. I want him to be hard on himself because he's a fucking MVP caliber talent. Like be hard on yourself. That's okay. You don't need to be the star here. That's fine, but you can be one of them. So I think Taylor Hall comes out today, Sunday night, November 14th on his birthday and puts on a show in his first game in a Bruins uniform against the Canadians. I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. And I still fully have Halsey's back. How do you feel on that one? Nah, I feel the same exact way as you do, man. It's, it's like, the, I guess it's like, it's like, like ignorance. Like, oh, he's earned it. But like, I think he's earned it that at this point no, in the like season, we said. don't just fucking sit Taylor Hall. Like it, it actually pissed me off. And right, so you can you can give your point. I'm just gonna look something up quick to give an example. Yeah, no, I'm definitely like being watching the Patriots and the Bill Belichick way. It's like used to seeing it like that, but yeah. So Taylor Hall has seven never, points in twelve games. Yeah, like he has three goals, four assists. That's not bad. Like he's not playing bad. He yeah, he had a couple of mistakes, and we're not like oh, he's not scoring at Marshawn's. He's not Marshawn. Okay, no, there's like literally two players in the league right now who take over Marshawn. They both play for one team. You know what I mean? Maybe players. I would take McKinnon too. So there's like three players, you know, it's dry McDavid McKinnon. Oh, now I'm taking Brad Marchand. Maybe not fully on his top end offensively, but he gets back. He plays in every situation and he works his ass off. Brad Marchand is my favorite player to watch in the NHL. And it's not even close. His work ethic is amazing. So yeah, Hall's not that guy. He's not, he doesn't have to be though. So yeah, I'm not here for the Taylor Hall slender. I'm not, I'm really not that. That's it. That's my end on the Taylor Hall conversation. That's it. Well, that's why I had to bring it up. I knew I knew oh. you were gonna have enough. Yeah, yeah, I forgot it. it yeah, it, it does. It was pissing me off, so I'm good with that. I want us to take an early look at each division, right? So I was laughed at. Let's start with the Atlantic. I was laughed at when I said Red Wings are, could be a playoff team. They're eight, six, and two, 18 points, sixteen games. Not that bad. Still, they're in third right now. Three games in hand, four games in hand over us. So will they stay there? No, but they're battling. Not that bad. The Atlantic division is as tough as it's ever been. You know, you have the Bruins, the Lightning, the Red Wings, the Maple Leafs, and the Panthers who are all fighting for a playoff spot this early in the season. And the Bruins have to pick it the fuck up or they could be seen on the outside of that. And I hope that's not the case, but it really could happen that way, which, you know, we all hope won't happen. But the Atlantic Division's up for grabs. How do you feel about the Atlantic? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Everyone's starting to kind of like settle in. Like Florida's lost four straight now. They got that hot yeah, start. Over, but some overtime ones too, yeah. Three, yeah, two so, OTLs, two regular Ls. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, yeah, and Tampa's finally going again. So Toronto's starting to go be, too. Yeah, and Buffalo's kind of settling back into what they are. Yeah, the Buffalo um, Buffalo Burgers, whatever they are, yeah. Yeah. I like – that's the one thing I look at 
I look at Toronto, right? And it's like they're even the game against us. I like argue with my dad about this because he was saying how like that Toronto had so much was a better team than us, and they're not. Their their bottom six sucks. Their defense sucks. They just Jake Muzzin played an outstanding game. Riley's good and he played a good game. Decent goaltending, amazing top six. The bottom six cannot keep up with ours once they get going. But I've been saying that almost for too long. It's like, am I starting to like beat a dead horse here with praising the Bruins' bottom six? Are they not as good as I think they are? I don't know. And there's that one questionable goal too. Yeah, exactly. So, but I don't know. That's the Atlantic. The Atlantic's up for grabs. The Metro, I think, is a battle zone too. I think, you know, I gave the Capitals from like early season, not like, I wasn't like, I didn't know how good they're. the Capitals are. The Caps are good. I think you're looking at the top three in the Metro right now or how it finishes. It's going to be the Hurricanes, the Capitals, the Rangers. I think the Rangers are proven they're legit. That you laughed at my spot, Columbus pick, man. You laughed at my Columbus pick. And they're there. I, I think, and then, right, I still think the Islanders are probably going to make the playoffs. So I think the Islanders take that fourth spot and they're in last. But I don't know. The Flyers, the Devils, the Blue Jacks, the Penguins, the Islanders all could make it. That might be the best division in hockey. I, yeah. I think it is the best division of hockey. I don't it's think it might be. It is the, right it is the best definitely division. It's deep. so deep. The top end of the Atlantic's higher, but it may, it's really not. It's a, it's almost not that, you know, it's, it's immaculate. That division, the Metro is good. It's really good. That's all I have to say about that. I look at it. The early look is there's two locks. There's really two locks in that division. It's the Hurricanes and the Capitals. The rest of them are going to kill each other all the way to the end. Oh yeah. Jump out West. The central is, a strong division. The way it sits right now is the not the way it's going to end. I don't think another division. Yeah, especially with Colorado. But... Colorado is going to be a playoff team. I think you're going to see the Preds maybe fall down a bit. The Wild are good. They're all good. It's another. It's a strong division. You know, the Stars, Blackhawks, Coyotes are kind of a step below all of them. But you yeah. know, you get Sagan going, you get Ben going, but they don't have the young talent behind them really pushing. So that's where they have Robinson, guys like that. But there will be hence. They're not pushing as much as these other teams. It's inevitable the Avalanche make the playoffs. Too much talent. Once they get completely healthy, they'll be there. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Even with McKinnon out a couple of weeks. Yeah, they'll get back and they'll be fine. The Pacific's the worst division in hockey. Um, <laughs> it really is. The Kraken, they suck, as I thought they might. I think I actually call them a playoff team, so I'm kind of an asshole for saying that. But either way, yeah. Hey, you're, boy, you're being a little crackhead. Yeah, I was a little fault. bit of a cracker. <laughs> crackhead, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean that like that. Um, the Oilers are nasty. So that's, that's that. The Oilers are nasty. The Anaheim Ducks are a surprise team, but I thought they'd be pretty good because they have talent. Do I think they'll recess back to the norm? Yes. Vegas just needs to coast. Vegas needs to coast and stay within the four or five spot, three, four, five spot because they're getting Jack Eichel, which we're going to touch on in a second. After that, you have the Flames, the Kings, the Sharks, the Canucks. They'll all battle for that last kind of spot there, and they'll battle it out. I, the, my locks from this division really are Vegas and the Oilers. Everyone else will battle. I'd be surprised if the Ducks hold it if they do good for them. I've always kind of been like a closet Ducks fan. I've always, like, as a kid, I liked the I liked the Mighty Ducks. I was a big Paul Korea fan. So, like, I like the Ducks, and I am a big, I'm a big Trevor Zegers fan. So, I don't mind seeing the Ducks do good. I like, you know. American kids who I think will one, one day lead us to a gold medal like he did in World Juniors. So I like that. Zegers is going to be a good player. And I, I like the Flames too. I like Johnny Goudreau and um, Matthew Tuchuk. So there's some teams. Yeah, I think the Flames are definitely going to make it. Me too. Yeah, they, they, on, but their goalies keep doing good. nice. So I'm hoping. I think they went to hoping they went tonight. They're up to nothing right now. I think it's time to talk about the big the big move that happened. Let's talk about Jack Attack. 
Jack Eichel over to the Vegas Golden Knights. How do you feel about that one, Kev? I'm just glad he's finally free. Me too. Let him be free. free. I'm happy he's free, and I'm like, it gives me another reason to go, um, to go watch a game in Vegas just to get to go see Eichel and those and play for the Golden Knights. I still stand heavy that one day Eichel will be a Bruin, but I think if there's any team that could convince him to stay, it's probably Vegas. Vegas is a nice spot to live. It is definitely fun. Yeah, have you been to Vegas? I have not. I want it. You know, Vegas 2022. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd go. We can go. We, we should go catch a game. We really should. We should go yeah. catch a Bruins Vegas game. I'm actually so. We, we went to the first ever Vegas game in Boston together. Yeah, we did. I have seen the Golden Knights play, but I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him play. At oh, home. in that arena, That'd be cool. Dude, it's crazy there. Like I love yeah. watching it on TV. Oh, I know for sure. They really know how to do it. They do, and I think Eichel into that lineup. Like the the thought of Eichel stone Patriotti's lines pretty scary. They have a pretty good top six. <laughs> hey, so great. Great players on the back end. Good goaltending. Sorry for the yawn, guys. I actually um I ran a Spartan race yesterday at Fenway Park. Shout out Fenway, and I uh I finished it, and then I coached hockey today in Falmouth on Cape Cod. So it's been a long, tiring day, um, but happy, still happy to be here. But yeah, Eichel's going to be a beast for that team, and I think that moves Vegas way up in my Stanley Cup odds. That brings me before we get into some football talk. Wait, I just have one question. Oh, yeah, of course. Ask. ask so uh, what's like the once he gets the surgery, what's like his return time? Three to five months. We're looking at three oh, to five right. months. So he has an outside, outside chance at playing in the Olympics. I wouldn't get your hopes up. If you listen to any of his interviews, he doubles down on the fact that he feels a large amount of responsibility towards Vegas because Vegas made the commitment to him to trade all away what they did for him and to allow him to get that artificial dish replacement because they allowed him to do that. He feels that he needs to reward them with his trust. Like he's giving that, like they're giving him all their trust. So he needs to give it back to them. So if he's not a hundred percent ready to go for the Olympics to the point where he'd be playing for the golden Knights, he's not going to go. So I think that that's, there's a good chance we don't see him at the Olympics. And I mean, that's, if you listen to the athletic hockey podcast, they've talked about that too. A lot of the guys over there on the different days of the week is different people every day, but he, um, he had mentioned multiple times he's committed to Vegas. So it's going to be Vegas first and he might, he might go to the Olympics. He might not. So we'll wait and see. Yeah. It's just like, overall, I look at Eichel and I'm like, I think he's committed to Vegas. So once he gets healthy, he'll be playing, but I don't know if it'll be at the Olympics, but before we jump into our football talk, I just want to talk about, you know, how we get this podcast out to all you guys. So first we come in partnership with inside the rink, go over to inside the rink to check out all your hockey news. We are growing very fast. We're getting more writers by the day, more articles by the day, and the content's just getting better and better. I'm literally getting all my hockey news from inside the rink and inside the rink is sponsored by fanatics. So that means when you're on the inside the rink website, click on that fanatics band banner right on top and you can get all your licensed sports gear hats t-shirts shoes underwear shorts jerseys whatever you need get it over at fanatics all right and that brings us into the nfl (laughs) section of the pod kev how do you feel about your patriots oh my god man after the game today against cleveland it's just actually the last four games we're on that four game win streak now but the team is finally clicking from defense to offense it's a beautiful thing to see. Like it's just what I said at the beginning of the season to you. We're throwing it back. Strong defense with a good run game. We're not going to ask Mac Jones to do too much. Just move the ball, and that's what he did today against Cleveland. 
he was amazing. With those throws he was making from the Hunter Henry touchdown um, on the right side of the end zone, which made me think of Grady and Bronk. Uh, Brady and Gronk, because it was just it was perfect. Little right there, right there, and then the strike right down the middle, go up to Kendrick Bourne. And that was huge. And we found a stud in um, Stevenson, fourth round pick out of Oklahoma. He was a rumble in today, first career hundred yard game, and two yard and uh, two TDs on the day. But definitely, the Patriots they're clicking, they're finding the ways to win, and. It's just awesome to see. Like, everyone was worried to go into the season and just we're finally showing what... Not to interrupt you, but I want you to go off on this. Do you think they can win their division? I think they can. Um, it's definitely going to be tough. We have two games against Buffalo left. But Buffalo showed last week when they played Jacksonville, they're a beatable team. Like, it, Josh Allen has it, he has it, and... I think Belichick, the way he schemes up for people, especially when we play Tampa, I think we definitely can beat Buffalo. Maybe we probably won't beat them in both games, but definitely a split between them. So, yeah, I, I think Miami Buffalo's shown some be... weakness. They really have. I, I'm like getting higher on the pass each week. I think the Patriots are legit, and I think they found their guy in Mac Jones. And I'm not a Pats fan. So, like, I, yeah. I think that their so... defense with who they got, I just, you know, and now I look right. I go right to this topic that we had here. We had OBJ written down, right? Because we thought maybe he'd be going to the Patriots, maybe he wouldn't. OBJ obviously went to the Rams. Um, I don't know Sad. why the Patriots really didn't work harder to get him, but I think the Patriots are – they really are lacking for star receiver talent. But if they can get those tight ends going and they can elevate these guys they do have, I think the Patriots are a team. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? No. But can they make the playoffs? Yes. yes. That's how I feel about like We'll jump right. We'll jump right though. How do you feel about OBJ to the Rams? At first, I was like, kind of like, hmm, this is weird because like they had Robert Woods and they got Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson's been going off. But then as soon as OBJ gets there, Robert Woods tears ACL. So it's definitely looking like a better situation for him because he's going to be the number two, and not being asked to be the number one will be huge for OBJ. Because he's on the shoulder of that load. That when he did go to Cleveland, they're like, hey, you're going to be a number one, you and Jarvis Landry. But having Cooper Cup takes a lot of the pressure off. Especially that's Matt, Matthew Savage's favorite target. But I think with OBJ getting like the, um, the intermediate routes and the deep routes with the arm that Stafford has, I think it's definitely going to help OBJ. Like, I mean, I admit, OBJ's probably still not 100, 100%. Agreed. Like I do he's not still, think he's, he's coming back. Yeah. Always coming back from that ACL. Like, yeah, you're ready for the season. And even he sat those first couple of games because he wasn't 100%. Yeah. For so sure. I think it's as a, the it's season a hard goes injury on, to come back from. It's a hard injury to come right. back from. So I think as the season continues, he's going to feel more comfortable. That's the whole thing. Being comfortable, especially on the route you're running, your breaks, like just yeah. putting that foot yeah, as down. As a receiver, like, it's so tough with that. Is like, my knee going to give yeah. out? Like, you're trusting your body that it's not going to happen. So I think I think it's definitely gonna be a good fit for him, especially with Woods out. Yeah, I agree. Now with Woods out, it it does look like a good fit for him. I didn't really get it at the start, but he could be that number two guy. I think that if he wise if he lines up as the Y receiver or the slot receiver a lot, I think it I think that'll help him. Like I know he's a downfield threat. He always has been, but he's a great route runner. So I think if we really can get him moving like that, I I think that OBJ could be a stud there. I really do. 
Um, let's get off Odell. Let's jump into Are the Titans legit without Henry? Boy, before we go, got to yeah. shout out Jacoby Myers. Yeah, first, first TD. Touchdown. This yeah, man finally, dude. Poor guy. Started. Poor guy's getting screwed so many times. For three years, or two and a half really now, that he has not had a TD. Like, has over a 1,000 yards in career, but no TD. And he finally gets it on, like, catch 131 of his career. Get to touchdowns. So I'm, like, really happy for him. It's always been a big talk about thing. Like he'll get down to the two-yard line and call out, or his TD is called back because of a holding. So, definitely good to see that man get a TD finally. Oh, okay, so to the Titans. Dude, the Titans are actually showing they're legit without yep. Derrick Henry. I agree. Which is, I love to see it because, like, when you lose a guy like that, it's that breaking to the whole too. team because none of the, I bet you all it went through all their heads when, are we legit without this man? They all had to think it. It's not just us. Like, they, you know, they were like, they're like, wow. Yeah. When you take a 2,000 yard rusher off your team who just puts his will and just goes downhill. And he's a grown man, like, oh, like agreed. insane. So definitely, they had a close one today. But after losing him and having that game against the Rams, like that showed a lot. It showed that they're not just him. The defense is there, and they're what they have a six-game winning streak right now. So they're eight and two, first in the whole AFC. So it's definitely – they're definitely showing they can play. Even with Julio Jones being hurt too and A.J. Brown being banged up, they're finding ways. Like Adrian Peterson not didn't look like the old Adrian, Adrian Peterson. It's been kind of sluggish and slow. Yeah, AP looks a little – And even he, he admitted yeah, though he, he's watching – He's getting start. dropped. He's, he's running too high. His pads are too high. Yeah, he doesn't look – He's not getting low. So, But, yeah, Tannehill's just – he's putting a lot of the weight. The defense is putting the majority of the weight on them. And they're finding ways to score defensively. So I'm definitely excited to see Tennessee keep um, going. Agreed. I think um, we can look at last week. I guess we already kind of talked about last week was the week of the underdog. We got, you know, any better really got crushed unless you were going with. There were six the underdog wins. Yeah, it was wild. Last week was wild. I didn't really want to talk about it. Still then on top of that, the majority of the underdogs were covering their spreads too. Yeah, which, it was ridiculous. Which is huge. So if you're a spread person. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Spread, um, spread game. Yeah, me too. I don't really touch them. But this week, uh, things things have kind of even out. The only really upset was Tampa, right? Yeah, Tampa. Dude, Tom Brady last two weeks yeah, between bad. all these interceptions bad. in the first quarter. It's... He, you know, Tom always has a point in the season where we all start to think he's done. Every year he does it. I will never much. see then, Tom as No, like up. we think it. And then like within like a week or two, he'll be back to throwing for 500 yards and five TDs. So I don't ever doubt Tom Brady. I won't. And then he'll win the MVP this year. Yeah, so. exactly. So I agree. I think. And then we also had our first, we had our first tie of the season. Yeah. Yep. Good old Lions and Steelers couldn't win in overtime. So oh, it, always interesting to see a tie in the NFL. Yeah. Good, good job to the Lions for not going defeated. Yeah. That's big. big yeah, no, it, is, it is big. Especially when they had like 300 yards rushing. Like they were just tearing up all three oh, of their running know. backs. Yeah. But I think Jerkoff Jerkoff just sucks. Yeah. Sorry, Jerkoff. Yeah, I know he's not. Matt Stafford's so much better, but they knew that. that's why they paid more for him. Um, I think when you really look at it, though, I think that's kind of a wrap up of everything we've had this week. I think we'll give you a couple bets to finish out on. We'll tweet them out too, just to make them easy. But, um, 
I think we're going to take first look here. We'll jump at a hockey bet for this week, Tuesday, this week, November 16th. We have a little parlay cafe for you. Little parlay cafe. Shout out Jimmy Hayes. Rest in peace, Jimmy Hayes. That's what he used to call his par- parlays. Everyone should go on to Barstool Sports' website and check out the um, the shirts they released for Jimmy Hayes for the 11 fund. Um, Kevin Hayes and the family started it and just raising money for, I think they're going to do scholarships for Dorchester youth. These shirts are money on the board shirts. And I don't know if anyone knows what that is or listens to us, but in hockey, if you let's say that I got traded from the Bruins and I was on the Canadians now, we would go into Boston. I would put money on the board because it was a big game for me. So if we were to win, I would be donating that amount of money into the team fund. So last week on November 11th, everyone in the NHL put money on the board. They then whatever team won that money, they donate it instead of their own team funds. They donate it to the 11 fund as well as Barstool putting out the t-shirts. Kind of just a good cause for, you know, a local Dorchester guy who we've talked about previously in the podcast, but either way, back to the parlay. Um, we're going to do Rangers, Leafs, Blues, all money line, all parlay together. We will tweet out the odds when they come out, but I, I like the Rangers. I like the Leafs there. It's Leafs over Predators, Rangers over the Canadians and I can't remember what the blues are, but I like to match up. So playing Arizona. The, playing well, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Blues Arizona. So that was that one. Then I think Kevin, we agreed on these, right? That was yours too. Uh, I had a little different one, but we'll tweet them out. We'll tweet them out if we feel yeah. differently about it. I think then I looked at week 11 for football and we were looking at just um, New England parlayed money line Titans and uh, Ravens. So just New England Titan Ravens odds won't be great, but it'll just be something I think that's kind of safer money. There's really never safe money in betting, but it's a little bit safer. So we'll tweet both those out. Kev, do you have a football pick you want to give? Yeah. So definitely can't bet against Patriots. No. Gotta go no. Patriots. Ride the hot streak, man. For sure. They're playing Thursday night too. So Thursday night in Atlanta, Atlanta just got whooped. So definitely going, page, definitely going Patriots, Ravens. I think you got to take Titans over the Texans. Yeah. So do you just are you disagreeing with me? Is that what we're doing? But I, wanna, I think there was one more team I like though. What? There's really oh, not four, another... 49ers over the Jaguars. Jags. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that one's all right. I just, big 49ers. Yeah. Big 49ers guy. We could go that too. It's not bad. But I think that kind of wraps it up for episode three. Um, happy Sunday. We're going to get this episode out either tonight or tomorrow morning. We're both kind of tired. So we'll see what we get done, but it, um, excited to be back and we definitely want to get some more interaction. So feel free to tweet at us, DM us. Um, I think we're going to do some giveaways soon. So we're going to get really involved with you guys and give us all a follow at Q the duck boats with a Z on Twitter. Yeah. And then also if you guys, any of you out there want to be a writer for inside the rink, just reach out. We're always looking for writers and it's a good team and just a good good vibes and everything to be a part of. So definitely shout us out and we'll get you all linked up. Have a good one.